You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Welcome to The Real Wealth Show. I'm Kathy Fetke, and I've got my husband and co-CEO, Rich Fetke, here with me today. Hey, hey, good to be here. You're so popular whenever I'm out on the road, people say, hey, we want more of Rich. So (laughs) here you are. (laughs) I'm honored. Actually, we just got back, well, not just, but we about a month ago, went to Joe Fairless's uh, best ever conference in mm-hmm. Denver, and we got to do our first keynote together mm-hmm. um, as co-CEOs, and the topic was co-creating real wealth. Yeah. It was really awesome. It was really fun, yeah. We had 40 minutes, which is a kind of a tight squeeze when you're used to giving an hour or 90-minute presentation, but uh, I think we pulled it off. And especially when you've got to jam 20 years into <laughs> Yeah, good point. Yes, we minutes. did. But we uh, shared a lot of points that we thought would be fun to share with you here on The Real Well Show. Perfect. If you didn't get to make that event, which, by the way, I do recommend you attend next year. It's a great event. Yeah, it was great. There was over 500 investors in the audience and just a great venue, just beautiful, beautiful opera house that we spoke at on that stage. So, And very snowy outside. <laughs> and then we got to go to Vail the next day and get some good snow. So that was great. For your birthday. Actually, it was your birthday. We spoke on my birthday, so that was pretty neat. I had a shout out from the audience, so that was cool. That was great. (laughs) All right. So um, as many of our listeners know already, back in 2003, I was making dinner, chopping vegetables on our counter, and the kids were at the little kitchen nook doing their homework, and you walked in with tears in your eyes, which was unusual. Mm -hmm. And um, I just was like, what's up? What's going on? And you had just come back from the doctor, and the doctor had told you you had maybe six months to live. Yeah. So yeah. that was a big day. Yeah, I went in to get the melanoma checked, and he did some tests. They did a CT scan and ultrasound, and both of those showed four masses on my liver. So he made that appointment with an oncologist, and uh, the oncologist said, well, yeah, if this has spread to your liver, you got about six months to live. So that was a shocker. But when we gave our keynote, we kind of went back before we gave what happened and why I'm still here 15 years later, <laughs> uh, we went back in time a little bit to 1995. And that was when I had packed up my truck and drove from Boston to California and signed up. My friends that I met out in California, surprise, surprise, said, yo, man, you should do this personal growth workshop with us. <laughs> and I signed up for this personal growth workshop. And when I went in, uh, the whole thing was three months long where you set three goals for three months. And they said, everyone's going to be signed up and locked up with a buddy for the next three months. And he said, Rich, I'd like you to meet your buddy for the next three months. This is Kathy. (laughs) So it was pretty cool. So I instantly knew what one of my goals was going to be for the next three months, (laughs) for sure. And it worked out really well. It wasn't, it was less than a year later. I was proposing to you in my Red Prince Charming outfit. <laughs> uh, like, no joke. Uh, he had a limo pick me up at the house and took me in deep into the woods. <laughs> I was all alone in this limo. Uh, but then uh, some wedding music came on. I, I got out of the limo and saw a prince charming in red with a feather in the cap. Well, she kept calling me Prince Charming over the time <laughs> and all this <laughs> after some challenging relationships before that. So I just wanted to figure it out and put on my, my best marketing campaign ever and uh, try to seal it, the deal. It worked. And, How do you say no to someone who's riding <laughs> on a horse in a red prince costume over the hills to propose to you with a dozen roses in hand? Yeah, so yeah, that worked really awesome. well. And then after 90, um, we got married in 97. And in that whole period, We raised two daughters together and we bought our first house that we actually, um, many of the listeners probably know, we turned into a triplex. We took the two bottom units 
and they had their own entrances, so we turned those into their own apartments. We converted one of the laundry rooms into a kitchen, and uh, we that was the first time we became landlords. That's what started us off as real estate investors. Yep, got our tenants from Craigslist. Yeah, yep. so <laughs> a little high risk. <laughs> and then risk. just things kept working. From 96 until 2003, I became a certified business coach and got involved in the coaching industry. Well, I got elected president of the Coaching Association, and that was when coaching was really taking off in 1996 and the buzz was out there. And so the media wanted to do interviews and being the president of the coaching association, I got a lot of interviews, a San Francisco Chronicle front page spread and Lifetime Television did a whole segment on my clients and me and my coaching. And all that led to more speaking engagements. And then it landed me a big six-figure book deal with Simon & Schuster. So I was out of my mind, feeling on top of my game and life just seemed amazing. Yeah, until that day you walked in and bam, we'd been doing what we'd been told to do, which was to save 10% for emergencies, mm-hmm. uh, to invest 10% and have a uh, 10% 10% set aside for um, you know, just things you want to you want to do. Mm-hmm. Well, we we kind of blew through that pretty quickly with what was going on with the the medical bills and um you taking a little bit of time off. Mm-hmm. So, we just had to figure something out. Like Yeah, so what happened the doctor it was called a false positive. They thought that the masses they saw on my liver and the ultrasound, they thought it was cancer, but it's actually just harmless clusters of blood vessels called hemangiomas that mm. about 20% of the population has. But connecting that with the melanoma, they thought it had spread. And that diagnosis was what really kicked Kathy into gear because she's like, okay, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I need to find a way to make some income. And she had a small radio show in San Francisco. And uh, well, you tell the story on that. Well, my background, I graduated from San Francisco State in the broadcast department and worked at CNN and KTVU, Fox News and ABC7. But when we got married and had children, I I just really wanted to stay home with the kids. And, you know, your salary allowed that. So that was awesome. But all of a sudden it was like, oh boy, I got to get back out there into the workforce. It's been a few years. I'm not sure I remember what to do, but I did have this radio show. I believe it was on KNEW at the time. But it was just for fun. I wasn't making any money from it. I, it was just every Saturday. I would do the show trying to pretend I was Oprah, uh, Oprah of the radio. <laughs> but anyway, I decided to monetize that because that's something I love to do. And I just dialed for dollars. I, I got what used to be a commonly used item, a phone book. At the time, mm-hmm. I went through it and just started dialing for dollars, calling anyone who might sponsor the show. And I kept hearing no, 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 no. Finally, I thought, okay, my next call, it's going to be a yes. I'm going to call someone who cannot resist my offer. So I thought, all right. Next person I called was a mortgage broker. And I said, how would you like to be my co-host on a major San Francisco station? And the answer was yes. Awesome. Yep. And then that led to you becoming a mortgage broker and you were doing mortgages and then helping people get into investment real estate. And then um, you had Kiyosaki on your show. Yep, I had Robert Kiyosaki on the show. The author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, great book. I'm sure you've probably heard of it. And if you haven't, definitely read it. Make sure your kids read it. And his advice? His advice was that, well, I asked him, where are you investing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said he was, had sold all of his California real estate and he was exchanging it tax deferred into Texas. And I asked him why. He said, well, obviously these crazy loans, you know, they're, they're, people are getting loans that they're not going to be able to pay back once they adjust. And I, I knew that, but I, I hadn't really talked to anybody who could see the results of what would happen when people couldn't pay their mortgages. So I asked him where he was investing 
And he said he was selling all of his California holdings because he saw a collapse coming from all the bad loans. Um, and he was exchanging it tax deferred for properties in Texas where mm. they were doing less bad loans, <laughs> were a little more strict on their on their financing, and where home values were way below their intrinsic value and where uh, most of the jobs and population was going. Yep. Yeah. So Kathy came home all excited and she said, here's what we need to do. And so we had built up equity in that property that we had that, that quote, triplex that we created. And so we were able to pull it basically appreciated over $100,000 a year since we bought it, which was amazing in that whole upturn. And so we pulled some equity out of that and we went to Texas and we bought a bunch of properties for between a hundred and hundred twenty-five thousand each. That what were they renting for? Do you remember what they were renting for? It was I think a lot of them were a hundred and forty thousand, and they rented for about fifteen hundred. Yeah, 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 it was really solid. So that Brand was new, our beautiful. start. Yeah. Uh, and then Kathy started to because of a radio show and because of what we were doing. We had other friends and investors saying, "How how are you doing this? What are you doing?" Kathy helping people get into real estate out of state, and then she started to be asked to speak at real estate groups. Ria's around and say more about that because that was kind of a oh, crazy time. It was awful as you know, because we had this radio show and it was successful. It was growing very quickly. All the Ria's back then were asking me to either MC or come speak at their groups. And I would go and I'd watch what was going on. They'd have these cheesy speakers come to slick suits and mm-hmm. um, they would, you know, run to the back of the room, the back <laughs> buy my stuff. And I'd find out, I'd listen to it and go, no, none of that's real or true. And then I'd ask them where they invest and they couldn't tell me. So it was like, oh man, they don't even really actually invest. Anyway, I said to Rich, you know, we, I, I want to create something that's, that's real, that's real investors who can come and share their success stories, what they're really doing and, and where we can network and create wealth, you know, and, and that's when you wrote something down on a napkin and you're like, how about this? Yeah, we were sitting at a little cafe in Sacramento. We had just uh, been up there rock climbing with some friends and, and some investors. And um, yeah, I just wrote down, what about real wealth network? Network of people, real people and yeah. real wealth. And, yeah. and that was, so that was the start of it all. It was pretty cool. And we thought it would be maybe 100, maybe 200 investors, not realizing that in 2019, we'd be at over 42,000 members. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, really cool. And then we brought some of that early technology from coaching. Uh, coaches were using teleseminars, uh, which was unheard of back then in most <laughs> businesses. So we started to do teleseminars, which led to webinars. So really, the big lesson that we learned from that is just being ahead of the curve and keeping an eye on technology. Uh, I remember that, um, oh, the iPod, I, I really wanted to get an iPod, but Kathy wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, yeah, I, I couldn't understand the value of, of uh, having music in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> a thousand songs in your pocket is pretty awesome. So anyway, I did get my, that first iPod. I think Kathy got it for me for my birthday, which was an awesome surprise. But then um, realizing that or hearing about this new thing that Apple was coming out with called podcasts, and it was brand new. So Kathy would always get the CD of her radio show every week and bring it home. So all I had to do was take that CD and convert it into an MP3 file, upload it to iTunes. And uh, The Real Wealth Show was one of the first podcasts on iTunes way back in 2005. So that really launched us and launched Real Wealth Network in a big way because whenever someone typed in real estate or real estate investing, Real Wealth Show would come up first. And we got more and more members from that as well. So things kept growing. Our tribe got bigger, our investor pool got bigger, and just the momentum was going. And we had suddenly had investors from around the world, and we got a call from 
uh, a lady in Australia who flew me out, uh, flew us both out. Mm -hmm. And we spoke there to a group of a thousand uh, Australian Australians investors. That, yep. And they started to come over and buy investment properties. So yeah, so we also want to share some of the big things we learned, the lessons we've learned over the last 15 years or 22 years together. And one of those lessons was having an early adopter mindset and the importance of that. And even today, we're all, we just had a meeting this morning for about an hour talking about what's next, what's coming, and how can we be ahead of that. So having an early adopter mindset, seeing opportunities, and being willing to kind of put yourself out there first has been vital for us as far as growing the company and being ahead of the curve. Yeah, and for you, it's been really on the technology front, bringing the teleseminars and the mm. webinars and then the podcast. Sure. And for me, it was interviewing people like Kiyosaki. It was like, oh, no, don't do what everybody's doing. Get out of California. Get away from what everybody's doing and go what, where nobody's going, which at the time was Texas. Now, of course, everybody's going to Texas, but this was 10 years ago. Yeah, and then you're looking story. for what's the next markets yeah. and you're doing that or opportunity zones or whatever it is. She's, Kathy's obsessed with always researching and seeing what's next and not just what's next, but what's next next year or a couple of years from now. And, you know, dialing in and making sure she shares that with uh, members of Real Wealth Network. So I think that's really cool. And then everything was going well. We we're moving mm -hmm. along and it was great for real estate investors. And then 2008 hit and 2009. Yeah, it was, uh, wow, that was a tough time for everybody. And we had helped so many people at that time mm -hmm. uh, sell their California holdings and invest in real estate because that, by then we had set up, you know, what is now the Real Wealth Network. And so many of our listeners had come to us saying, hey, I heard you bought properties in Texas. Who did you use? And what property management company? So we thought, oh my gosh, well, we'll have a referral service so that people will know who to go to. Mm -hmm. So we helped so many people avoid crisis and get out of California before it crashed. But we kept a couple of really expensive negative cash flow properties in California. Yeah, our million-dollar fixer-upper that we were living in, <laughs> and then the house that we should have sold, that triplex that we turned into a rental uh, that was running negative cash flow, but it was appreciating every year, right? So why <laughs> sell it? <laughs> but we learned some hard lessons and had to do some short sales, and it hit us hard, and it punched us in the stomach. But we recovered and got back on our feet, and then... Kathy, again, looking ahead into the future, she saw this opportunity of all these foreclosures and started to connect with uh, teams in different good, solid markets that would fix these foreclosures up, put tenants in place, and really created this whole turnkey model. Yeah, we were that turnkey model didn't really exist until we were part of you know the creation of it. Yeah, and uh, and, and because there were so many California investors who would have loved to buy foreclosures, but just didn't have the time or the energy or the, or the, resources, the or resources or the teams or yeah. any of that. Yeah, yeah. And then and then in that whole time, because of the downturn and financing drying up, a lot of developers had hard times with continuing their finances or completing their projects. And so talk about in 2010, the whole Portland deal. Oh, man, you know, it, it just at that time, land was so, so cheap. They were just giving it away. Mm -hmm. And if you had the means to be able to raise money or get your hands on money and banks weren't lending it, you could really buy land for cheap. So uh, we did learn that in 2010 when one of our listeners of the Real Wealth Show came and said, hey, I've got this opportunity to buy 27 waterfront townhomes in Portland for $3 million when the loan previously had been $13 million. $13 million loan, yeah. and you could get it for $3 million. But But at the time, it was really terrifying because there was a whole lot of property for sale in Portland. Right. You know, and there, there were condos that were just sitting empty. So why this one? And, you know, he, he explained the reason. It was they were low-rise townhomes right on the water in the Pearl District, which was the kind of the coolest part of town, the up-and-coming part of town. 
not on the other side where there were all these empty condos. So we went for it. Nice. And can we share the yeah. return for the investors on that? Yeah, we can. Uh, all was, these SEC rules. I, gotta, I just yeah. got to figure out what we can share and what we can't share. Well, it's a closed deal. And, you know, but anyway, the investors made over 20% IRR mm-hmm. in the middle of the worst part of the recession. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. So just amazing. So that was our start of syndicating and raising funds. So a whole another aspect and area of the business was born. And uh, since that, we've raised over $100 million for different projects and worked with some amazing developers. And we've worked with some not so great developers and we've had some challenging things. So the big lesson we learned from that over the years in the whole area of raising funds and working with developers, and even in our single family side of the business and all that is to be very, very clear on and very selective on the qualities of your partners. So just like if you're looking for a great relationship, it's a good idea to list all the things you're looking for in that great relationship and maybe even list what you don't want. That's what we finally got clear on that we did and we got very clear on. We only work, well, you tell some of the parameters of what you look for in a great developer of a project when you say, when someone comes to you and say, oh, no, thank you, or mm, I'll, we'll look into this. Well, there's a, a long, long, long checklist, but yeah. it, to, to sum it up very quickly, this person has to have a long track record of success in that very industry and in that mm. very thing that they're trying to present to you and more than just one season. So they need to have gone through a downturn and an up cycle as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that, that would be first and foremost, but of course, a background check to make sure that they don't have any felonies. Of course. Uh, the right. last deal that came to us, the, the guy had a recent felony. We're like, oh, the project looks good, but no. Yeah, it's awesome. Yep. And you know, Ben Franklin way back when said diligence is the mother of good luck. But we believe that due diligence is definitely the mother of real estate success. Absolutely. So due diligence is vital in your partners, in your projects, everything. So things were going pretty well. The company was growing. We're uh, starting to build our team. And we got really clear. We signed up for a business development workshop or a program that lasted a year. And in that, they had us get really clear on what is your purpose, what's your mission, what's your values, uh, what is your vision going forward. We didn't really even have an organizational chart for where we wanted to go. We were just kind of shooting from the hip and it was working well. We had one that was like probably five years old. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that had like four, four boxes on it. So anyway, they had us look forward, which I thought was really powerful to be like, uh, create an organizational chart of your company five years from now. And that was really challenging for us. But we put our heads together and we worked on it and worked on it and came up with it. And now it's beyond what we created back then in 2013. But I just, you know, the lesson for us is being very clear and having that core mission and vision and purpose. Uh, when you have all that, what it does is it creates inspired leaders in your company. And we see that the people in our company are so inspired and they run their area of the business like it's theirs, which it is. And they create things that are, they're so much more talented than Kathy and I are in so many different areas. So seeing what they create, but it came from that of knowing what's the culture we want and empowering and inspiring our leaders to create and grow. Well, because we were having a real tough time hiring. And I think people go through that. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we were hiring people that seemed great until, until you got them on payroll. And then it was like, Good oh, point, man, right. Yeah. And they just person? don't match the values. They don't match the culture and all that. So so that's a big, that was a huge Higher lesson. and fire to your values. And uh, yeah, it was huge learning. But I will say if you're starting out your business, or even if you have a, an existing business that's, that's growing, uh, the org chart is so, so important. Even if you do 20 different things, 
just make a box for it. Make you put it on the org chart with your face on each one. But right. that will give you an idea of which one of those things do you not do that well or you just don't like doing and start there with the hiring and get someone else who's great at it and who loves doing it. Who loves doing it, yeah, Yeah. and let you do what you do well. Yeah, perfect. So I think that's a a real big one. And the shared vision was really cool and very important because you might have uh, a small company with a few people or a larger company with 10 or 20 people, and you might assume that everyone shares your vision, but I assure you they don't, (laughs) (laughs) unless you are sharing it with each other all the time. So we get together with our whole team and we talk about where do you see the company in three years? Where do you see the company in five years? Where do you see the company in 10 years? And everyone puts it out there and we write it up on a whiteboard and we all get aligned and we say, okay, so can we agree on this is the vision? And so we all share the same vision. Then everyone's rowing the boat in the same direction instead of everyone going down their own path. So that's a powerful lesson for us. And then moving along, and then it was uh, 2014 and all of a sudden you did something that a lot of people were asking for. (laughs) Well, we were just um, getting people really excited about building wealth through real estate because really there's, there's, I'm still convinced there's no better way to build wealth than through single family homes initially um, and maxing out the the 30-year fixed rate loans that really, you know, no other country offers. It's, It's just the best use of leverage. So we get people excited about it, but then they would run out and buy property that they didn't really understand how to, how to buy it or what to buy. So mm-hmm. we, we would write due diligence lists and so forth. But I thought, okay, I'm going to put it all in a book. So I wrote Retire Rich with Rentals, which became a number one bestseller on Amazon. Yeah, that was awesome. So that just really helped take our membership of good people and grow it even more. Good people coming into the network, the network expand. I think that's when we were like, all of a sudden, we were passing the, the 20,000 member mark or the 25,000 member mark. So really starting to get some momentum. And the bigger the network grows, the more powerful we become. We get more buying power, more leverage, all that in shared resources and the whole mastermind effect. So always great when something takes the, the growth of our membership to the new level. So the big lesson I saw in that one was Kathy really focusing on what she knew best and bringing that to the world through the podcast, through her book, through her articles. And she became a known expert. And all of a sudden, she started getting calls from everything from CNN to Fox News to CNBC to CBS Market Watch. Oh my gosh, the scariest was um, Robert Schiller. And then a Robert the Schiller, Schiller debate index. with, yeah, and to, on Fox News debating him. And Kathy did a great job on that one. Oh man, and it was just, terrifying. So it turned out really well. But all that is just the big lesson again for us was just choosing your lane, picking your lane and becoming an expert and really know your stuff in that. And when you become an expert in that, it starts to become attractive and you start to pull in resources and people and ideas and all that that you would have never imagined. And I'm challenged by that all the time, aren't I? Just today even. I, I, I'm somebody who, I'm a visionary and I, I've got a new idea every day. And sometimes that idea is not something I'm an expert in. Right. Um, like technology, for example, mm. you know, we're looking at a, a technology platform and, you know, it, it, it's not something I really understand. Obviously, we can get experts to help us with it. But Stay in your lane. There's a whole lot of ways to build wealth. Uh, there's certainly a lot of ways to build wealth through real estate, but just pick one and build wealth through that. Once you've got that mastered, then you can go on to the next. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a big lesson. So we continue. One of our core values at Real Wealth Network is mastery. And, and the way we're seeing mastery is when we get better, everything around us gets better. So continuous improvement. Not only 
professionally, but also personally, spiritually, physically. So we empower our our staff and our whole team to always be getting better through mastery. And we've done that. We've brought in experts to consult on our company and our team and all that. One of the courses that Kathy and I have both done is called Strategic Coach. And they've been coaching entrepreneurs since 1986. And they've coached thousands of entrepreneurs so they can see what works, what doesn't, what challenges entrepreneurs have. And one of the huge things we learned in that was that focusing on everything and all over the place is basically it's impossible. But when everything is important, nothing is important, Patrick Lencioni said. When everything is important, nothing is important. So we got very clear that being clear on what's most important was key. And when we empowered our uh, leaders to do that, it really helped us grow too. You could do anything, but you can't do everything. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great Zig Ziglar. I love that. (laughs) So uh, then in 2016, we had our business up in the Bay Area. And we had an office with, you know, seven offices in there. But some of our team were saying, uh, one of our, you know, Maggie, the millennial that's been on The Real Wealth Show, said (laughs) she wanted to travel the world. And we wanted to have everyone live real wealth, everyone on our team. We want to support that. So With real wealth being living life on your terms. On your own terms, exactly. So we said, yeah, go travel the world. And uh, and then Ben, one of our I investment said, travel counselor. the world, but I still need you. Don't you dare <laughs> Right, exactly. So fine, you can work remote. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, long story short, we ended up over time as people moved away and did their own thing. And one uh, person moved to Florida and we just kept growing. And we said, you know what? We should just, why do we need an office? So we became a 100% remote company in 2016. I don't even have an office right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, in the process of building a new one. We actually bought a tiny home that's going to be my office. It's just not here yet. Yeah, it's going to be Tiny home on wheels. So in 2016, we became a 100% remote company. And then that same year, or later that year, we got the word that we had made the Inc. 5000 list of America's fastest growing companies. So it was just, it was huge. We had tripled our revenue over the last three years, and this is being a remote company. And when we stepped back and looked at what's the lesson we really learned when we talked this out, it's that when the culture is really strong, when there's a culture that's accountability and responsibility, when a culture is strong, you can really trust everyone to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. So we see that our team is not so much about having jobs, it's like they have responsibilities and goals. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, okay, these are my big three goals for this quarter. These are my big three goals for this year. And we can see right there, the accountability is if they get those done. We don't have to be looking over their shoulder or peeking into their office or anything. So it's amazing. So we really can trust that everyone's doing the right thing. And when your culture is strong, you attract really strong people too. Like So much. I really wanted this very high level investor who invests in a bunch of our deals but also uh, has run a syndication department. Uh, but you know, she was like, oh, I just really want to travel. I, I don't know that I want to work full-time in an office. I said, guess what? You don't have to. <laughs> That's you can vibe. live the van life. Just right. run our syndication. <laughs> just help us with our syndications. Perfect. Yeah. So great lesson there. I think that's, that's one of our biggies. Yep. And then in 2016, not long after that, then you decided, uh, well, you talk about this one because you know the story better than I do. Yeah, well, in in 2016, I was being asked to be on the news almost sometimes three or four times a day, and I needed to be on top of what was going on in the news, right, Mm -hmm. in in real estate. So I would often be writing full-on responses to, to the TV stations in preparation for the interview, and I thought, oh, boy, it'd be great to be able to repurpose this. 
So that's when uh, the Real Estate News Podcast was born. Yeah, like five days a week comes out almost every day. Yeah, we do. Now we do, we're basically repurposing what I would be talking about on all these different news stations, but we created our own news network. And the feedback's amazing and over 100,000 people listening every month. And Mm -hmm. so that's been a a great leap forward as well for growing our network of good people as well. (laughs) It just keeps growing. And by the way, spread the word because it's so good for real estate agents to be listening to real estate news in particular, because good, when you meet point. with clients and you know what's going on and it's fresh, it's it's really good for business. Yeah. So the podcast is Real Estate News for Investors. If you're mm-hmm. not subscribed to that one, it's a great one. Uh, then in 2017, not too long ago, but uh, another big monumental uh, leap forward was bringing our affiliates together, all these different property teams in different markets. We were hearing from investors like, well, I invested with this affiliate and their properties were great and this worked well. But then this affiliate over here in this market had a different type of product and a different type of tenant and a everything. different warranty and a different yeah. uh, definition of what turnkey meant and what their exactly. rehab was. They were all different, every single... Because these aren't companies that we own. We just refer to uh, you know companies that pass our vetting standards. But, yep, our, our at the same, yeah. but what were those standards, you know, basically? Mm-hmm. So we, uh, yeah, in 2017, we brought all these affiliates who are technically competitors brought them into the same room and said, look, we need standards. We need to be able to describe to investors what turnkey actually means. And it should all be pretty similar. Uh, it doesn't mean you just put in a new carpet and have similar warranties and, and so forth. And, and mainly share best practices because if somebody's really got their property management dialed in, uh, but maybe they need help with finding deals or with renovation or whatever, they could share their best practices. Yeah, it was a powerful day. 35, probably about 35 people in the room, you know, 15, 15 companies and with their teams. So uh, there was some good debate, got heated, uh, you know, but it, we all ended up in the end coming up with something really great with some very clear standards. And now it's much more uniform across the different teams and affiliates. So a phenomenal leap forward. So it's been amazing. And then uh, things just kept growing. Our syndications continued to grow. These projects have been just phenomenal and watching that. So cool. Yeah, we were building, we're working with developers and building homes in Park City and Tampa and Reno and Bozeman and Costa Rica. Yeah, right. The opportunities and the people you meet and the opportunities and just so great for our investors and the members of Real Wealth Network to be able to come to a place and to be able to have access to these projects, which usually are untouchable to most individual investors. A lot of times it's the big hedge funds, it's the big money players who come in and do these projects. But we, pulling together, we get to uh, really help Main Street (laughs) work against Wall Street in a way. If you tried to find a deal in Reno, you're competing against everyone because Reno's hot. But, you know, our developer was able to tie up this piece of land and, and bring investors in and get into a deal that would have been really, like you said, impossible to get in otherwise. Same thing with Park City. I mean, how can you possibly, it, to, to build 100 homes in, in the Park City area, forget about it. It's our, close to impossible. Our right? developer, yeah. it took them 10 years to get those permits. Yeah. And uh, yet our investors got to jump in it once it was already permitted and, and enjoy the profits. It's really cool. So the big lesson there for us when we really stepped back again and looked at what is it that's really worked here in these group investments and the syndications and, and everything really is is that it wasn't just built about building a list. A lot, of time you hear, a lot of times you hear in business, you need to build your list, get a lot of people on your email list or whatever it is, a lot of followers. But to us, it's not really about building just a list. It's about building a tribe. Mm-hmm. And the tribe is people who have aligned values, who share the culture, who want the same outcomes, 
who have that you know shared vision, if you will. And when we focused, and we have been focused since the beginning of being the anti-guru, of telling people, you know, keep your wallets at home, we're not going to do the back of the room, push, push, push. And we got really clear on these are the type of people we want in our membership and working with each other and connecting with each other. When we focused on the tribe, again, it's like a big, huge magnet that attracts the right people. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are interested in finding out about uh, some of our future syndications or, or some of our deals, you just go to realwealthnetwork.com and sign up. It's free. There'll be a little survey there that will allow you then to to be able to see some of the things we're, that are going on. We're not allowed to share that with the public. So you, right. you actually have to be a member. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been amazing. Last year, we just found out that we made the Inc. 5000 that I mentioned earlier, uh, that we made that for the first time. Now we just made it for the third year in a row. So they're just blown away at that. And maybe a fourth year coming up. Yeah, maybe a fourth (laughs) year coming up. Yeah, we've had some great growth. Right now we have about 22 employees. Uh, We have about 18 independent contractors, not about exactly. And we also have over 20 affiliates around the country. So the amount of people in the network, not only as members, but also on our team and connected teams, is just been awesome. So the big lesson that we learned there was The real competitive advantage in any business is really one word only. It's people. It really comes down to people. And when we treat our people well and we support our team and everyone feels empowered and we focus on the tribe of a great membership that follows the culture that we've talked about, everything seems to work. That's right. All right. Well, we are out of time, but Rich, thanks so much for being here to share our 20-year story in 20 minutes. Well, a little more than 20 <laughs> Maybe minutes. Maybe a little bit more, but yeah, it's cool. We're, we're sitting here on our living room couch, just side by side, holding our microphones. It's, it's pretty cool to be here with you doing this. And we're about to go for a bike ride. Yes. Now, as you know, uh, some of you know that our RV blew up with our mountain bikes in it, but we got a check for new mountain bikes and you got the kind that just kind of pushes you uphill. It, you, it helps you, yes. <laughs> yeah, power-assisted electric mountain bikes that when you pedal, it helps you pedal. So it's almost like you have bionic legs. Yeah. And it's pretty cool. So we're going to go out for a ride right now because it's a beautiful day here in Malibu. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful day yourself. Bye-bye. You can listen to this and any past shows at realwealthshow.com. <laughs>